struggled with the fact that the things I took for granted in the UK just didn't mean anything to people here. Are you an African living in the diaspora and thinking of going back home to start your own business? This podcast is for you. My name is Wamaka Okoye. During the lockdown of 2020, I interviewed a series of Nigerian entrepreneurs who returned from the diaspora to start their own businesses. These interviews were over the telephone because we were locked down, and they have been put together in this podcast called Going Home. Lehman Brothers is going bankrupt, which last week announced more than $3.9 billion in losses. After the financial crash in 2008, Ife Fashola, a lawyer turned finance expert who had previously been working at Lehman Brothers, turned her eyes home to Nigeria. At the invitation of a friend, she returned home to join a full-service investment firm called Kedari Capital, with offices in Nigeria and a full commercial bank in Ghana, with over 30 branches. In this episode of Going Home, Ife shares her journey of how she made the transition, the challenges she faced accessing credit to start the business, as well as the differences she found in work culture and strategies she developed over time to overcome them. level of education? I have a master's degree, okay. you know. Where did you study? Cardiff. What was your undergrad in? Eastern. I did law. Interesting. Yeah. I guess that means you were resident in the UK before you returned. I lived in the UK for about 10 years. 10 years, wow. Why did you go to the UK in the first place? Was it just school? I went for my master's and the plan was to do my master's and come back, which I did. I came back right after I finished doing my dissertation. I was going to complete it here, but on my way home from the airport, we were robbed. Oh, dear. And they took everything to the car, the luggage, everything. So I had to go back to the UK to restart my dissertation all over again. Oh, my goodness. That must have been very traumatic. Yes. And you know, it's not like now where you would have had it somewhere on the car. You had them on floppy disks, what we used to call floppy disks. I remember floppy disks. That was how I ended back in the UK. Did it influence your staying there longer than planned? My student visa was running out, so I went and did a working holiday visa. Okay. So enable me finish that. So once I finished that dissertation, I thought the smart thing to do was not to rush home the smart thing to do, get some experience. Okay. Get some work experience, stay for graduation, and then come back home. Mm-hmm. So that was the plan. In the course of that, we met the husband. Ah. That was how the whole plan changed. <laughs> <laughs> what made you come back? I was there from 1999 when I finished law school. The 2008. 2008 was when we had the whole Wall Street issue, mm-hmm. financial services drama. The IT industry in particular suffered. My husband, so he had been in Catalina for a while, mm-hmm. and then the company had a crisis and mm-hmm. they folded. He was very disillusioned. There were a lot of opportunities in Nigeria. People mm-hmm. kept calling him to come and collaborate. So he made the decision first. Mm-hmm. And the initial plan was that he would come and I would stay with the children mm-hmm. and join him later. 
However, at the time that we were meeting all this plans, I was working in Lehman Brothers. Mm-hmm. I was pregnant. I had my baby in March. Mm-hmm. I was home on maternity when Lehman told. So I guess the rest of the decision making just mm-hmm. became automatic. The gentleman starting Kedari at the time had been talking to me, and he had been talking to me based on the fact that I worked in Lehman, asking mm-hmm. for advice, tell me how things work over yeah. there. This is what we do in Nigeria. How can we optimize? We want to be different. We want to be better. You mm-hmm. know. So when Lehman folded, he was on the phone very quickly saying, "Why don't you come and join us?" So it now became a case of you're being offered a job in Nigeria. We just thought, you know, let's all go try out this Nigerian thing. Mm-hmm. If it works fine, if it doesn't work, we can always come back to have our home here and all. So, how did you go from law to financial, you know? <laughs> I did law because of my dad. I completely adored my dad and mm-hmm. he was a lawyer. But I very quickly found that law didn't interest me. I was very interested in commercial law. My master's was in maritime law. The interest had always been to end up as an in-house counsel. But mm-hmm. my career in UK didn't start as a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Or even in strict financial services. I started in IT. Okay. Even though I'm working in the IT department, I don't know what the company does and mm-hmm. how it does it. So, Kedari Limited, what products or services does it provide? Kedari is a full service investment banking firm. So, when you say full service, we can do all your trading activities, stock brokerage. We have a corporate finance and advisory unit to raise funds, fund arrangements. We have a risk consulting unit where we do risk management mm-hmm. as a consulting offering. We also do training. For us, we believe that training our clients. We want to be the consultants that come, get you on your feet, teach you how to take things forward, looking every once in a while to make sure you're mm-hmm. not deviating. What market need or gap do you say your business is trying to meet? We're middlemen. We're between you and the market mm-hmm. in terms of trading. You have a company or a startup mm-hmm. or an ongoing company that needs to expand and you need funding. So you are on one side. The other person on the other side is someone who has money, an investor mm-hmm. or a bank mm-hmm. or a piece or a venture capitalist. They want to put their money somewhere. But you need to be in a certain shape for mm-hmm. them to put their money into you. So that is where we come in. How many are you? We're in Ghana, we're in Nigeria. In Lagos, in house, we're about 25. In Ghana, we're about the same number. And then mm-hmm. we also have commercial banking. So you mentioned we own majority yeah. shares in a bank in Ghana. Did it start before you came back or you came and then you guys started? So that was about so, 2008? Yeah. The company has been incorporated and everything. I think 2008, November, we started recruiting, trying to get our tech licenses. Licensing came in in 2009. We opened January 2000 and started non-licensed requiring activities until we got our licenses later on that year. So what major challenges would you say you faced in the course of the business? It was about getting transactions. The other challenge was attracting the right talent, finding people who could run with a vision. But little by little, we found people that mm-hmm. believed in the dream mm-hmm. and joined us. Another challenge, of course, was the license in the mm-hmm. whole Nigerian sector going back and forth. But, you know, eventually we were able to get our licenses from the other rights regulator. Mm-hmm. For me, there was also the whole shock. I had never worked in Nigeria before that. All of my working life had been 
out of Nigeria and it was not the life that I was used to. I struggled with the hours, I struggled with total lack of work-life balance. Mm-hmm. I struggled with the fact that the things I took for granted in the UK just mm-hmm. didn't mean anything to people here. Like what? There was a lot of ice studies. People were not used to working on their own. They were used mm-hmm. to micromanage. Mm-hmm. And frankly, you never got anything out of it. Mm-hmm. Micromanage. Mm-hmm. I struggled a lot with mm-hmm. that. I then also struggled with this the other way because my boss was micromanaging me and I couldn't work like that. We had agreed to say, when is it due? Mm-hmm. Don't ask me until then, you know, that is if I don't give it to you earlier. I struggled with the long hours. What impact, if any at all, does the political climate and policies in Nigeria have on your business? The biggest thing about funding is mm-hmm. the political risk. Mm. And that is because people decide where their money goes based on many factors. Mm. But the important thing is stability. People are thinking, if I put my money here today based on these conditions, mm-hmm. somebody comes tomorrow and completely changes all the parameters. Mm. What happens to me? If I invest in a company based on the fact that they can afford to pay back based on today's exchange rate, if the Naira loses value, what was a good investment suddenly becomes an idiotic investment in a very short while. For us, political environment and everything is everything. You don't want anything that would scare investors. And I've realized that a lot of our leaders don't understand that the body language is very important. A lot of people want to start businesses. They're not able to raise funds, but you were able to. Can you give some insights on that? The initial investors in Kidari were friendly people. From our network, people that had done business with people before. So a lot of it was based on reputation, really. It was, it was network, network reputation. Personal relationship. You talked about the issue of micromanaging, the hours, you know, just all these challenges. What, what creative strategies did you use to solve those challenges? I made a resolve within myself mm-hmm. not to lose my skills, self-driving, self-motivating, and self-servicing skills. Mm-hmm. I resolved not to lose them mm-hmm. because I was You're being micromanaged. Exactly, mm-hmm. because you could very easily just ditch yeah. and then just go with the flow. Mm-hmm. I resolved not to. What about the one-off micromanage? People are expecting you to micromanage them. How did you get around that, or are you still dealing with that? We've been able to put frameworks in place that meant that people had more and more and more information and tools to work with. The first thing we tell you is anything you want to do, we have done something similar mm-hmm. before. But no two transactions are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. We will give you the paperwork from a similar transaction. Mm-hmm. Please make sure you look out for the specifics of this one. Don't mm-hmm. do copy and paste. This is just a guide. I think also our recruitment process. I was going to ask you that next year. I can be very unorthodox in interviews. I will get to the bottom of it and see if this is the kind of thinker, this is the kind of person we're looking for. What are things you look for in particular? You must have the basic skills needed for your role. If it's the role that needs numeracy, I must be convinced of your numeracy. Okay. I have hired an accountant into my income before who was not chartered. Mm. And you know what? He came and asked us all that people there. For me, your CV gets you in the door for an interview. Mm. Then we have to see it. Now. My major thing that I look for is that you must be able to 
So the business that you're running now, is it what you originally envisioned when you were coming back? Did you have to pivot into another product or service or start an entirely different business? We've had to adapt to changing situation. Can you give me an instance or some examples? Of when this whole COVID thing happened, moving to working completely remotely was very seamless. Mm. We immediately put like 60% of our workforce to the working center. Because... I have always been a firm believer in the ability to work from home. So we've always had a structure that permitted people to be able to work from home if needed. Did you have any family support? And how important was this to your success, success in your transitioning and that of your business? It was good to call people and say, I need to go to Abuja. I'm not back. I'm going to stay over my call it for a cousin or sister can you come and sit with my children? I don't want to leave them with the nannies and their dad is not around. Yeah, you can never discount that. And that's something you don't get a lot of in the world. What are the three most important things you would advise someone starting a business in Nigeria to know? To understand your market segment. You need to be very clear who you are addressing, very clear what their needs are, mm-hmm. and be very sure that your product is addressing that Another thing is that you have to thoroughly understand your options. You have to understand whether there is similar options in the market, which most likely there would be. You understand your competition. And be sure you can compete. If you have money, just enough money to start your business, and you come and you put all your money mm. into your business, thinking that the business will start paying your bills, mm. you are in for a rich shock. You need to have a plan where you have funds that you can leave or especially if you have a family. All right. Thank you. Have a good evening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Going Home. To listen to other conversations with people who have returned home to Africa, subscribe to our channel now. For access to more resources on going back home to settle, please subscribe to our newsletter at goinghome.gearshiftafrica.com or send us an email at goinghome at gearshiftafrica.com. You may also follow my Instagram handle at wamaka okoye.